As technology improves, our world shrinks, allowing a new wave of connectivity. Friends sharing breakfast halfway around the world, businesses signing deals from different countries, and news feeds giving up-to-the-second updates all in real time. Yet, there are still those who struggle to create a successful network that inspires collaboration. Sure, we may have hundreds or thousands of social media followers or friends, but how do we capitalize on building a meaningful community? Let's get to the podcast. Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella, alongside Associate Dean Phil Powell, where we work hard to help organizations make better business decisions. As we settle into a brand new year, we want to say thank you to all our listeners for helping us grow this podcast. We are so honored that you find our content valuable and are sharing these episodes across social media. And this really means the world to us. So as leaders, have you ever wrestled with finding the right people to join your team? Do you get overwhelmed trying to create a personal network of like-minded individuals, especially in this hyper-connected world? I mean, it seems like there are more social media outlets than there are Netflix movies. So how do we use our networks effectively? On today's episode, we are sitting down with CEO of Powder Keg, Matt Hunkler, who's going to share how to successfully network in a hyper-connected world. Matt has built a business model around forming community. This is another high-tech company in Indianapolis that has a national presence. What Powder Keg does is they, in a city, they bring together high-tech companies in different types of venues and different types of events to help people connect, whether they're venture capitalists, coders, uh, business managers, all to help that high-tech community thrive in that city. And they've been growing fast. One thing they've been doing is that they, in each of their cities, they've actually structured their data collection so there's actually a tech census. So they've collected data on four or five different cities on, and they ask different questions about the ecosystem. And you can go to their website and get these interesting insights about how one city compares to the other. And that's helpful if you're a company wanting to look for a place to reside in terms of your headquarters Or if you're someone looking for a job and you want to find the right sector or find the right type of company with the right culture. And what he's doing is by building community, he's bringing information to the fastest growing industry in the U.S. economy. However, Matt would challenge me calling high tech its own sector. That in fact, it's much larger than that. And and I would almost argue in a lot of ways, tech is no longer a sector. It just is the business world. Every company is becoming a tech company. And if you're not utilizing technology and innovation to stay ahead, you're quickly going to be in the rear view mirror. And of course, Fortune 500s know this, uh, mid-sized companies know this, and, and startups know this, which is why a lot of them are basing their business model on technology. And those are really the companies we look to serve as those fast-growing, scaling companies that see product uh, or technology as their core product. Um, It's different in that it's changing so quickly, which means not only is the technology changing quickly, but the networks are changing quickly. Who you need to know are changing quickly. And so the number one thing to think about beyond just one, think globally, think beyond your local ecosystem uh, and make sure you're consuming information uh, beyond your your 
uh, physical geography uh, is to also just be informed of what's going on in your local community. So a lot of what I did in the early days of after graduating from the Kelly School and moving to Indianapolis was just making sure I was subscribed to every newsletter, whether it was the Indiana Business Journal or Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick uh, or any podcasts that were available, which there weren't as many in 2009 as there are. And there was no online here. podcast yet. I know. It was It was a sad day. It was the dark ages. That's right. Um, and so that would be the other thing I would say is you've got to get face to face and having conversations with people outside the four walls of your office or your apartment or wherever you're spending more of your time. You've you got to get out there. So did you know the average person on social media has 432 followers or friends connected to their account? Think about that for a moment. If you were to have an event for all these people and they were to show up, you would have to set up almost 44 rows of chairs with 10 seats per row to accompany everyone. That's a lot of social connections inside our digital circles. But the thing is, we have so many, quote, friends, yet how do we leverage that to increase our business or help our leadership or even get the right people on our team? You know, it's more than just a social media presence. It's about getting face-to-face with those around you. That's how our brains are trained to operate. We're social creatures. If we stay only on social media, we're going to hinder our networking. We're going to work against human nature. In fact, a recent study from psychologists at the University of Pennsylvania found data that connects social media use to decreased well-being and an increased sense of being lonely. So we have more connections, but there's no substance to them. On the other side of the continuum, though, if we only engage face-to-face, we'll miss out on the evolving business landscape and get left in the dust by other companies because, indeed, we will be alone, although we may not feel that way. So the key to here is balancing your networking through social media and face-to-face. You look at engaging in a network like Powder Keg, that's going to give you way more access to talk to more people about your product. Get outside the building, go to an event, talk to 20 different people in a single evening, as opposed to taking a month to schedule out 20 coffee meetings, um, where you get the same amount of product feedback in an evening versus a month. You always have to think about time and how you're utilizing that time as a startup founder or as a startup manager, or even again, even if you're in innovation at a Fortune 500 company, because you have limited runway and you have a bajillion ideas, um, but then also you're using those relationships to foster and create new relationships through the network. So I have a conversation with Phil Powell at a powder keg event, and I say, Phil, hey, what do you think about this new piece of technology we're launching? You give me some feedback. And then I ask at the end, by the way, is there anyone that you know who might be able to give me some more feedback on this? Or who else should I be talking to um, if I wanted to sell this product? Or who else should I be talking to to help me build this product? Because that's another really important piece of the startup game is not just product feedback, but hiring the right people to join the team as you continue to grow and scale this thing, which as we know is a growing pain point that Kelly sits right at the heart of. So now that we understand the importance of effective networking, the next question is how do we create a successful network of individuals that will help our cause? My number one piece of advice for people jumping into a new network is uh, actually something I borrowed from uh, Techstars founder, Brad Feld, who's also a venture capitalist at Foundry Group. Uh, He's a thought leader in the tech world, uh, an amazing guy. And uh, one of the things he 
told me, I think this was back in 2011, was uh, the number one thing that sets someone apart in a community or network is their willingness to give first. And that can set a network and a community apart in and of itself. Um, give first actually became a hashtag on social media in Denver and Boulder and around the whole Techstars brand uh, because it, it really captures their philosophy, which is when you approach a new network, um, we've all met that person that at an event or uh, that shows up in our email inbox that just says, hey, here's, here's what I need, here's what I need, here's what I need. Um, that advice of give first is so powerful because it takes you out of that scarcity mentality and puts you in an abundance mentality. It says, hey, I have something to offer to this network. And in offering something up to the network, whether it's to make an introduction or to recommend a great book that you read or to recommend a person they should connect with and to make that introduction is a, is a great way to introduce yourself to a network that says, hey, I'm here to contribute. And um, that's really what I spent the first two years of my career just doing was just give first. How can I help? How can I help? I'm a recent graduate. I don't know what I don't know, but I do know some things. That first two years of constantly doing that nonstop after graduation has now just become a habit. And I, and I do it naturally um, as part of our day-to-day -day thing. And I, I think it's a core value here at, at Powder Keg as well is give first, worry about uh, what you're going to get in return later uh, or, or even really don't worry about it at all because it always comes back uh, and usually comes back tenfold. So number one, in order to create a successful network in a hyper-connected world, as Matt said, we must give before we get from our networks. Again, going back to human nature, when you meet somebody, your brain either says friend or foe. And if they detect that you want something in return, it's our nature to sort of draw back. So an, an, an important part of networking is projecting this sense of giving, projecting this sense of caring, and that you really want to help a cause larger than yourself, helping those in the ecosystem. And when you give, as Matt says, it will come back in return. So the second way to build a successful network in this hyper-connected world is to put ourselves out there in new networking circles with intentionality. The world is flat. Uh, there are no boundaries anymore. And the internet, uh, not the not 100% of the world is on the internet yet, but a great vast majority of people on this planet are on the internet and they're engaged in some network online. And it might not be Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, while that can be a great place to start, you might find a more specific tribe online that you belong to if you just do a little Google searching, if if you ask some people, ask around, uh, get comfortable with being uncomfortable, um, the, the more you can kind of put yourself out of your comfort zone and into uh, trying a new um, Slack channel. That's a free Slack channel you can join in and engage in. It, it can be a really great way to get hyper-connected. Um, the, the other thing you have to balance there is that in a hyper-connected world, you can be too connected. So at some point, you do sort of have to start saying, I'm going to prioritize these couple of networks with my time. Um, so it, I, I would almost have a, an exercise of try a bunch of things, uh, be really open, but eventually kind of narrow it back down and say, all right, what networks are providing the most value to me? Where do I feel like I can provide the most value? And let's, let's pick two or three of those where I can really uh, make an impact and feel engaged on a regular basis, hopefully daily. 
You know, again, Matt's being practical with respect to human nature. We cannot spread ourselves thin. You got to pick one, two, three, or, you know, just a handful of networks that you can drill down on so that every time you engage with somebody, it's going to have high value for your business or whatever you want to accomplish with your organization. And on the other side of that, I mean, if you're, if you're spread out too thin and you have, let's say, 50 different networks that you're trying to engage in, that's really hard to manage and almost is going to take more time where you're going to be spending way more resources and getting such little in return as far as value for your leadership. You can't spend all of your day networking. Otherwise, you get nothing else done. And that's the whole reason that you network is to get stuff done. So finally, the third way to create a successful network in this hyper-connected world is by being totally authentic. I think in a lot of ways we've hit peak social media. The reason I say we've hit peak social media is there's a lot of Facebook fatigue now and there's a lot of people that are turning to like more niche communities um, because they can be their authentic self there. Um, there's a lot of ridicule that's happening on social media platforms. And I think one of the best ways a leader can get comfortable with being themselves online is sharing vulnerable things in a trusted network or community and seeing that, hey, when I share vulnerable things, bad things don't happen. People don't laugh and point at me. People don't shame me or make fun of me. It's that psychological safety that allows a leader to be their authentic self and share more of their vulnerable parts uh, and, and the hard lessons learned and the things they're struggling with. And so that's, that's the daily habit you have to, to find is how can I be more vulnerable today? Our brains positively respond to people that are honest that are authentic, that we don't get a sense they're trying to hide something. And that's a lesson for how you network. You want to have a calm presence, a presence that reassures the people that you're working with that you're there to give without getting back. And that requires humility. That requires leaving your ego at the door. That requires an open mind to exploration and listening because you can learn so much. I mean, one of the things we learned from our podcast here is that one of the most important skills of an executive is to listen. That's how you learn. And when you learn, you improve. And that also allows you to fail sometimes. So powder, the success of Powder Keg is not only driven by the fact that they're very efficient and very effective in running these events, but when you come into the Powder Keg network, it emphasizes these values. And it teaches people how to approach each other and to engage questions. And when you're, in the powder keg, when you're at a Powder Keg event, when you're working with Matt, when you're working with his team, you feel that authenticity and it draws people in. And this is exactly what tech ecosystems need all around this nation. And that's, again, Powder Keg's got a lot of upward opportunity here because they're, they're really concentrating on building these communities outside of Silicon Valley, outside of the East Coast. In fact, they talk about themselves as unapologetically unvalley. And they've really got a great niche. And I can't wait to see them continue to grow and continue to you know, become a, nas a national high-tech company based here in Indianapolis. So let's recap. Technology is becoming more than just a sector of business. It's just how we do business. And as technology increases, so does our interconnectivity with the globe. But how do we leverage that for success? Companies like Powder Keg are hard at work answering that very question. CEO Matt Hunkler helped us discover ways to balance how we connect with the world so our ideas, our businesses, and our relationships thrive. 
the first way to create a successful network is to give before we get. Contributing our strengths for the betterment of another person or the group as a whole. This removes us from having a quote scarcity mentality and ushers in an quote abundance mentality. Because as the principle of the harvest says, whether we plant inside our communities, our networks, or our business, it will come back to us in a greater way than we thought possible. The second way we can create successful networks is by putting ourselves out there with intentionality. We simply cannot create a LinkedIn page or just show up to a networking event and expect collaboration. We need to have clear goals, clear expectations of how to contribute, and an understanding of what we are seeking so we can drown out some noise. There are an abundance of niche communities both online and within cities that would love your contributions. Finally, the last nugget of wisdom Matt offers is to be authentic. Building trust is important and necessary. However, whether we are trying to branch out online or in person, we will not grow if we ourselves are not vulnerable. Sure, there's a risk of being ridiculed, but the reward is finding a group of people who will jump in to help at a moment's notice. This has been another episode of the ROI Podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella, alongside Associate Dean Phil Powell, working hard to help organizations make better business decisions. We'll see you next week. Music.